This week in the Parish of Bourses and Market Structure. Exchange Invest surpasses 2,000 issues and enters its third millennium. This week it was 2001 an Exchange Odyssey. Meanwhile, NICE noted obvious market flaws, the CME made a creed de cour for investor freedom, and the parish mourned the passing of serial CME chairman Jack Santner. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 86. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the week's many events and happenings can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details about the exchange of information at exchangeinvest.com. Indeed, Exchange Invest marked a tiny milestone this week. Thank you for all the well wishes we received as we burst through 2,000 published issues. Parish was the word I deployed to discuss our not-quite-a-sector market infrastructure world as it became investable. And now we're in a new millennium. 2001, an exchange odyssey, began our third millennium of issues and was also the headline of an article on LinkedIn and Medium. Thank you to each and every one of you who have been subscribing and supporting over the years what remains the only venture seeking to applaud and indeed appraise without fear or favour the parish of exchanges throughout the world during the past eight years. If you're not a subscriber while listening to this podcast, then drop by exchangeinvest.com and sign up for a free 30-day trial so you too can appreciate the Exchange Invest Insight Advantage the exchange of information. With lockdowns still in vogue the world over, and the European Union closing in on the sort of lockdown last seen during the Black Death, as it can't decide whether to vaccinate or not, delegates flocked online for VBOCA, the FIA's first virtual tribute to the Art Deco resort, which has seen better days in Florida, but every year seems to manage ever more inflationary prices. Retail trading was one intriguing topic for the exchange leaders, with Jeff Sprecher noting, The regulatory structure of the US equity markets, in my mind, is flawed. Meanwhile, CME's Terry Duffy added, The public says we don't want to be protected from ourselves, so you have to give them what they want. I think that people want to be in charge of their own destiny. It's not the fact that Jeff Sprecher noted the US equity market is flawed which intrigues me. Rather, it's the fact that this obvious statement still attracts headlines. Then again, I suppose things would be different if there were some more effective resolution by SEC to their past failures. Instead, we can probably expect more regulations to further cloudify Reg NMS's centrally planned Soviet system. So, Jeff Sprecher stated the blindingly obvious and the media took note. Terry Duffy's remark is interesting, albeit cynics may swiftly retort that after the Cushing crisis, perhaps it suits the Chicago Mercantile Exchange to have a de minimis laissez-faire approach to retail investors' well-being. Approaching Terry Duffy's comments from a more charitable angle, 
the ongoing control freakery of the regulatory blob in trying to preclude the risk-taking of a retail mob is coming close to a denouement. The best solution remains better education. See also this week's live stream IPO vid with Neil Cramond on youtube.com. Search for IPO hash vid. Education remains the best solution, not prevention from trading, which has been regulatory default mode. That will merely drive investors outside of regulated markets, solving nothing and creating copious future problems. A curious Boku was always likely given its virtual status. It was remarkable to listen to the opening keynote by the de facto EU Commissioner for Protectionism in finance, Mairead McGuinness, making blithe assertions untroubled by fact. The attacks on two private clearinghouses was quite uncalled for, and a vicious slander by such an official. So, the solution therefore it would seem under Mrs McGuinness's New World Order, or at least New European Order, is to have all that clearing in one German private company. How does that serve us better? FIA's Walt Lucan appeared remarkably craven in terms of kowtowing to the EU's ongoing and so far rebuffed power grab for European clearing, which indeed continues to walk a coach and horses through the international legal system. I find that discussion disappointing. Politeness and respect is one thing, seeming to give the European Union's agenda a wide berth when it is a trade war opener of the first degree, strikes me as worrisome. Commissioner McGuinness repeated she is a realist, a tricky position given the current threadbare state of euro competence. But, as she noted on clearing, I think change is coming, we're not clear on the extent of that. In other words, she may be talking the usual hyperbole, but ultimately recognises that perhaps those two private companies in London will ultimately get the recognition they deserve permanently come the 2022 extension deadline. Whereas Walt Lucan, disappointingly, appeared to be packing his clearing members' bags to send everybody straight to Paris or Frankfurt. The clear inference is that the FIA remains stubbornly locked on the wrong side of history. What a pity. Trade organisations are rightly being held in increasing contempt across London for their failure to foresee the future, and particularly now, to readjust to the Brexit new reality. Given its substantial presence in London, one can only wonder just how the FIA is so misaligned with the future when generally its political nous was historically solid in the past. Of course, we assembled for the virtual bokeh against the background of the sad news of the death from a stroke of serial CME chairman Jack Santner. The passing of Santner marks the end of an era in the Chicago trading tale. His notorious disagreements with that other serial chairman of the early financial futures era, Leo Malamed, is the stuff of legend. Ultimately, Jack Santner oversaw many remarkable innovations at CME during his time as chairman, let alone his extensive board time as well, and that hugely helped power the Chicago exchange platforms forward. Big product news of the week, Euroclear have successfully managed to unravel part of the ties of the Irish stock exchange with the London markets. Euroclear have shifted $119 billion of Irish stocks from the UK to the EU, out of Crest and into the Euroclear system in Brussels. Elsewhere, the Philippine Stock Exchange, they've tightened the regulations on backdoor listing and also announced some very interesting possibilities with the concept of dual share class listing. In China, we're getting closer to a southbound bond connect between the China Foreign Exchange Trade System and the Hong Kong Exchanges Organization. 
It was a busy week for results in the parish. All the deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights, which were encouraging numbers from Warsaw Stock Exchange and their more recently listed counterpart in Tel Aviv, the latter showing a 17% increase in revenues resulting from higher trading and clearing revenue allied with strong cost controls which helped the bottom line. In deals, Flutter, the multifaceted betting business parent of the Betfair exchange, is considering a spin-out of its FanDuel subsidiary to boost its value. Meanwhile, Canada's Peloton Capital bought the proxy advisor Glass-Lewis. Glass-Lewis's major competitor, Institutional Shareholder Services, was of course acquired by Deutsche Börse recently for $1.8 billion. Conflicts of interest continue to dog the perception of the DB1 purchase. Meanwhile, the Cyprus Bourse, which has already partnered with the Athens Stock Exchange, is potentially seeking a larger partner still ahead of its privatisation. Thus, of course, we have the standard issue danger of Cyprus being subsumed and lost as the old exchange island mentality issue of someday my prince will come syndrome looms large. Privatisation is good. But Cyprus has more optionality, retaining pure independence. Finally in deals this week, MSCI, the index provider and data company, launched a private offering of $500 million of senior unsecured notes due 2030, redeeming an outstanding issue due in 2026, taking advantage of the low interest rate environment. In new markets this week, we're looking forward to the end of March. I am delighted and excited to see FEX Global launching with CME as a clearing partner. FEX Global has been in a sort of plain sight stealth mode for some time, and it will start trading on March the 26th, just five days ahead of another exciting new venture, IFAD Ice Futures Abu Dhabi, the home of Murban Futures. Based in Sydney's CBD, FEX will be offering centrally cleared futures and options for the environmental, energy and commodity product classes. Meanwhile, Charles Lee, the former Hong Kong Exchange's CEO, has a new platform aiming to rev up funding for SMEs from the Special Administrative Region. What a great idea. If you want more insights, don't forget that apart from our free Saturday newsletter and aside from our subscriber newsletter products Monday to Friday, there's our IPO vid live stream on Tuesdays at 1800 London time. Indeed, London was in the headlines this week as it ranked number two amongst financial centres once again in the latest ZN Financial Centres survey. With London ranked number two and the European financial centres, despite alleged encroachment on London's post-Brexit markets of late, ranking almost nowhere, there's obviously great food for thought in the ZN index. You can address your thoughts, questions and comments about the Global Financial Centres Index to its creator, Sheriff Professor Michael Manelli, in the next IPO vid livestream coming on Tuesday. If you've missed any of our streams in the past series, then drop into youtube.com. Search for IPO-vid for all the back issues. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. In Cryptoland this week, 
Kraken, the exchange is considering a stock market debut next year. And while the Bank of Japan is amongst many laying down its cryptocurrency plans, we saw some interesting repricing of the Coinbase IPO. While valuations have been indicated as high as $90 billion in private market transactions recently, it appears that the IPO value is looking to settle closer, initially at least, to a $65 to $70 billion range as this podcast was being recorded. In product news, the Shanghai Bourse is studying overseas warehousing for its bonded copper contract, while Euronext has, as I mentioned before, confirmed that migration of Irish securities following Brexit from Crest to Euroclear Bank. Good news from Down Under, the New Zealand exchange, they announced their strong uptake for the first New Zealand emissions auction scheme in association with EEX. Technology this week, an interesting new platform has been announced, powered by NASDAQ, PureStream, rather aims to turn conventional order thinking on its head. Will PureStream be the next big thing, or could it be another Arizona stock exchange? It's a fascinating rethinking of the traditional block model. There was lots on green this week in regulation. The USA is moving to set up more climate-centric reporting on the topic, while IOSCO chairman Ashley Alder was absolutely correct in his recently repeated desire, as Reuters reports, to stop companies from greenwashing or painting a flattering picture of their compliance with sustainability goals. Standard setters, as Reuters notes, want to replace the current patchwork of disclosures with a global approach. The requirement is a relatively less prescriptive approach, but nonetheless one which delivers some decent fundamental standards, as the current pour 100 tonnes of concrete, add solar panels and declare credentials of a wonderful Gaia level is, in my humble opinion, a touch misleading. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. Elsewhere, Binance are apparently under investigation by the US CFTC. That news slipped out after Binance made a big announcement, hiring former Senate veteran Max Baucus to advise, aka lobby, in Washington, D.C. on Binance's behalf. Bocas suspects that Binance might apply for U.S. regulation. While he's doubtless accurate in what he believes and says, the evidence is that Binance has a serial repetitive pattern to saying it will get regulated in particular jurisdictions and then not doing so, even going so far on occasion as to deny any such discussion ever took place. The Binance plausible deniability factor is high here, as while Borkus is an advisor, he is not CZ, the apparently Singapore-based Chinese founder of this highly decentralized empire. Meanwhile, elsewhere in crypto news, orange jumpsuits are awaited at BitMEX. BitMEX co-founder Ben Dello has surrendered in the USA. He was released on $20 million in bail. And we heard that the other co-founder of BitMEX, Arthur Hayes, has offered to surrender to US authorities in the near future in Hawaii. 
rather more upbeat People News This Week in Exchange Invest Edition 2001. We celebrated the vision and drive of Anat Goeta, who has chaired the Israeli Securities Authority with gusto, helping the Tel Aviv Stock Exchange better reflect the advancement of the startup nation. And thus, ladies and gentlemen, with an exciting backdrop, the global IPO market eyes a record first quarter, even as SPACs are faltering. We heard that this week, the Great Gatsby has raised millions to take on Robinhood. That leads me to think. I mean, Charles Schwab is so-called because Chuck Schwab reckoned, rightly I suspect, that folks trust a Charles much more than a Chuck with their investment funds. Nowadays, folks seem eager to give their money to the Great Gatsby or Robin Hood. At least the Sheriff of Nottingham had a castle and thus some sturdy real estate to protect his segregated assets. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young. Thank you for listening to this 86th EI Weekly Podcast. Have a great week in markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our programme, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.